the reason that I wanted to do it was not to make grandiose money. I didn't join to get to the top of the company. I joined to make an extra $200 a week, period. Profit. That's all I wanted. And guess what? 35 years later, an extra $200 a week. Profit can still rock a lot of women's world. So that's why I joined. I ended up doing much more than that. Five months later, I won a car. You know, 15 months after that, I was in a Cadillac and I started breaking records. So I've broken at least 10 other records, at least 10 records within Mary Gay. The largest unit, the highest income, highest income over the span of our career, highest income over the month, largest team, most Cadillacs, you know, all that stuff. So I'm excited about the fact that I have been an overcomer, but I also want to tell women, everybody's an overcomer. I totally believe that no one gets to the age of 18 without having overcome something. So it's just a continuation of overcoming. And one of the things I did learn that has made a big difference for me is that when people get shaken or shaken by their by life, when you get shaken by life, it happens to everyone. So stop asking yourself, why me? And understand what you're gonna do with that. Welcome to the Kingdom Minded Mompreneur, where we, Becky and Monique, your new biz besties, both busy moms just like you. We're here to talk all things network marketing, mom life, and how to truly live out your calling. We'll be dropping two episodes each week to help you, the busy mompreneur, know the exact strategies to build both your business and your home. You'll hear each week from one of the top network marketers on their best tips for what's led to their success and what's working now. We know that you're here because you are called to something more. You have a desire to succeed in both your business and at home, and we are going to teach you how. If you love what you hear here on the podcast and want to be one of our success stories, join us inside our community, The Kingdom Minded Mompreneur, where we provide a daily social media action plan additional resources, kingdom coaching, and more. Click the show notes for the link to join. So let's get into the episode. Hello, friends. I am beyond excited for today's podcast episode because Monique and I are sitting down with a very special guest, one that we both kind of fainted and like fell out of our seats when she accepted our invitation. And so we're excited to welcome Gloria Mayfield Banks to our podcast today. Gloria, welcome. We're so excited I'm very you're here. Excited. I can't even tell you how excited it was because this type of support wasn't available for me when I was building. So Monique, Becky, I'm very thrilled to be in front of your audience. Thank you so much. I know Monique and I have been talking a little bit about and kind of, um, you know, I'll, I'll use the word stalking your social media. <laughs> we've been, we've been kind of, you know, consuming a lot of your content and you are truly a powerhouse. I mean, I know just from the very few, uh, blur, the little blurb you gave us before about some of the things you have accomplished, I am just blown away. I mean, your story is so inspiring and I am so thrilled for everyone to get to hear a little bit about your journey. I know you were number one in Mary Kay. You had, you know, walked through 
a really hard, you know, domestic violence, um, abusive marriage and overcame that circumstance. I know you have, you know, just you're really passionate about teaching other women how to, you know, not, I guess, live in the hard circumstance and that you can be an overcomer. I think that's that's the word I think of when I think of you. So I'm just we're really thrilled to have you. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story with everyone so that they can, I guess, hear a little bit about where you're coming from and what you have been able to do. Okay. I, I want to tell you guys, before we got on the podcast, we started talking and I feel such a connection. It, you know, it's really great when you can feel a connection with what is happening with this podcast and this community. So I'm very, very proud of you guys for reaching up and reaching out and helping some people. I'll tell you a little bit about me, a little bit about my story. I'll tell you the end of the story and then we'll walk a little bit through the story and then you guys can ask me questions because I'm excited to to deliver if there's anything that I can do to change someone's perspective because it's the perspective that changes. People say it's the mindset, the mindset, the perspective, whatever happens. And I want to tell women that I believe that one of the strengths I had with building my business is that I had such a strong belief in the capacity of women. And I know what it's like to forget your capacity. I know what it's like to feel like you don't have it going on. And then one day you wake up and you have to decide, I have to have it going on. Like, I don't have any choice but to get it going on. And so I hope I can reach into someone's heart. Um, at my graduation from Mary Kay, because I don't use the word retire because I'm not tired, but I graduated from Mary Kay at the top of my game, six years, six consecutive years as number one in Mary Kay. There's 3.5 million women in Mary Kay. That we're in over 40 countries. I decided to build in eight of those countries internationally. So it was very, very, very great. And I want to tell you that I did that with a very successful marriage to a very successful man who was, who was an entrepreneur in his own right as well. So I span uh, the gamut from being a single parent to having a really bad marriage, to having a really great blended, blended <laughs> family. So I can talk a little bit about that. But it was, a, it was a phenomenal career, one month shy of 35 years. So if you are listening, if you're watching, and if you happen to be wondering if the direct selling industry is the right choice, trust me when I tell you it is. And you don't have to trust me. You just have to make up your mind to find the right people to trust because it is an industry that's powerful and everything will come at you to tell you that it's not. As with everything in life, it's with everything. If you decide to cut your hair, your girlfriend's gonna say, why are you gonna do that? If you decide to buy a car, your girlfriend's gonna say, why'd you buy that car? If you decide to move over to this different part of town, they're gonna say, why are you gonna do that? So everything we ever do is always questioned. But sometimes when we decide to go into this career, we think that it's other people are questioning this and therefore, but they question doctors when they want to become a doctor. They question nurses when they want to become a nurse. My son's a lawyer. They questioned him when he wanted to become a lawyer. So just know everything's questioned. You have uh, to decide to yeah. try. You know oh my goodness. Gloria, just your energy and your confidence. I'm like, there. You, no wonder you were number one. You're like, so enthusiastic and, um, you know, have that belief in what it is that you are passionate about, what it is that you're doing. So I would love for us to unpack your how in just a second. You know, when you said number one for six, did you just catch that six years in a row. 
not just number one, once or twice, six years in a row. So I'd love for us to unpack that here in a second, but can you take us back to how you got started? So, you know, what was, you were talking about domestic violence, like share with us a little bit about that story and how did Mary Kay enter your life? Okay. Well, let me say to everyone, I grew up in a really great household in Detroit, Michigan, strong middle-class parents were very passionate about building our self-esteem. So I'm the third of four girls. All of us ended up to be very successful entrepreneurs. None of us saw entrepreneurship growing up. So that was not my deal. I didn't want it, didn't know about it, didn't care about it. That wasn't my deal. I was clearly positioned in my head to go for the C-suite. So when I was in the seventh grade, they found out I was dyslexic. Boom. Big um, challenge for me, like huge challenge. And both my parents were educators. And my mother at that time was teaching at that time. So they missed it because they didn't have the type of support they have for it now. Anyway, found out, had some extra work done, worked with me, went on to Howard University in Washington, D.C., then started working for Polaroid and then had moved to Boston and then went to Harvard Business School to get my MBA. You guys, my very first day at Harvard, I started with a black eye. So when I tell people I was in the midst of domestic violence and I tell them, look at me, because I was a very successful strong family values, positive environment, blah, 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 all the blah, 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 blah. But every three or four women uh, walking around the world is dealt with some form of domestic violence, either seen it, been a part of it, know someone who's been touched by it. And that was me. So, but this optimistic attitude that people see in me, every single skill we have that's powerful also has a dark side. So that positive optimistic attitude I had kept me in that relationship for 10 years, all the way through Harvard Business School, all the way through my children. So when my kids were one and two years old and they're 13 months apart, so trust me, mompreneurs, I get it. Like when I tell you I get it, I get it. <laughs> they were uh, young and I needed to get out of that situation, but I didn't know how. And I, you guys, was a very highly paid executive who had a 60, 70, sometimes 80 hour work week and I had an hour commute back and forth to my job in a domestic violence situation with one or two. That's why I will tell you, I understand the capacity of women, not the capacity of me, but the capacity of most. We just don't know it. So anyway, um, it's fluke, you guys. I went to my girlfriend's house who was having a Mary Kate skincare class. I didn't even wear makeup, but I went over to her house. I saw this woman sell a lot. And I decided in that moment, I was going to sell Mary Kate. Like, it, it, I didn't know the facts. I didn't know none of that. So that's why I'm strong at recruiting because I tell people you can try anything. You don't fail at it. You just either like it or you don't. You can't fail at squirt spread and ask somebody if they want more of it. You just can't fail at it. You just don't like it or you do like it. And so sure enough, in um, my first five months, okay, let me just say this. The reason that I wanted to do it was not to make grandiose money. I didn't join to get to the top of the company. I joined to make an extra $200 a week, period. Profit, that's all I wanted. And guess what? 35 years later, an extra $200 a week. Profit can still rock a lot of women's world. So that's why I joined. I ended up doing much more than that five months later. I won a car, you know, 15 months after that, I was in a Cadillac and I started breaking records. So I've broken at least 10 other records at least 10 records within Mary Kay, the largest unit, 
the highest income, highest income over the span of our career, highest income over the month, largest team, most Cadillacs, you know, all that stuff. So I'm excited about the fact that I have been an overcomer, but I also want to tell women, everybody's an overcomer. I totally believe that no one gets to the age of 18 without having overcome some things. So it's just a continuation of overcoming. And one of the things I did learn that has made a big difference for me is that when people get shaken or shaken by their by life, when you get shaken by life, it happens to everyone. So stop asking yourself, why me? And understand what you're going to do with that. So mm -hmm. that's probably my journey. Oh my God, seven years of single parent. I got to tell this story. I took my kids to Disney because you know you don't get the mother of the year award unless you take your kids to Disney. So I took my kids to Disney and that's where I met Ken. God put us together. So I love the fact that this is a faith-based podcast that you guys have here. But um, you guys, seriously, those big parking lots, big parking lots. Ken and I had met. We didn't exchange information. Huge rain came. We left. Then we came back to the park at the exact same time in our renter cars and parked right next to each other. Oh, my word. God was like smacking you right in the face. Here you go, Gloria. <laughs> 27 years later, we've been married. Uh, 30, wow. 34 years this summer we'll be together. So long distance relationship, long distance relationship. He's a single parent. I'm a single parent blending this whole thing. I mean, where else? But in a in a in an opportunity, an entrepreneurship opportunity where they tell you you're great all the time. That's what you get from this industry. Hmm. That no matter what's going on, you're great. You sneeze, you're great. You sell something, <laughs> you're great. You come to the meeting, you're great. You get online, you're great. You're great. You're great. I just want to tell people to believe it. Okay, so I'm turning back over to you. Tell me what. Ask me whatever. I love that. I mean, first of all, it is. I think for so many women listening, myself included, because I'm actually walking through a divorce right now. Okay. I think there's a lot of hope mm -hmm. that's given in your story. And I think too, just the vulnerability that you're you're giving to us, I just want to say thank you for because I think when someone is walking through something really hard or even they have walked through or right, like they're going to, right? We're all gonna, it's just the nature of life, right? We're not promised that things are not going to be easy. And I think what I love the most about your, what you just shared is that we're not, I'm not going to, you know, sit around and complain about the struggles and the trials and all the, the, the hand I was dealt, right? right. Like, right. oh no, look at me. Like I've been dealt this terrible hand, but instead, like, what am I going to do with it? And I love that. I think for the woman listening, who is, you know, feeling discouraged and feeling frustrated, maybe either, you know, even in the same place in their company and they feel like, I don't understand, like, why can't I have these things too? Right. I think it's just so encouraging to hear someone speak who has been through the fire, right? And rose up like this beautiful Phoenix. And now you're able to say, hey, like you can do this too. You can have this too. And so I would love for, you know, as you obviously, I know we're speaking to the direct seller, the network marketer, as you were, I guess, transitioning maybe and, and recognizing like, wow, there is a lot of potential in Mary Kay, right? Or in this industry, like, what did that look like for you, right? Because you were obviously very successful 
in the corporate world and you were, you know, I, I'm curious, what did that look like? I always like to hear people's story in, re in regards to like, did you leave the corporate world? Were you in it for a really long time? And then we're like, okay, I'm making a ton of money. I should probably, you know, prioritize. Like, what did that journey look like for you? Okay, that's a great, great question. <laughs> it's such a great question. Because I was a very highly paid executive and I had a job that I loved. So I didn't come over here because I was leaving something I didn't love. I By this time, I'm working back at Harvard Business School. I'm assistant director of admissions. My hours were beautiful mom hours. I was off during the summertime. I didn't have to be there at 7 a.m. in the morning. I didn't have to stay till 8 o'clock at night. I, had, I could bring a lot of my work home. Um, so I had that in my world. So... Plus, because I have a degree of safety and security, I was making a enormous amount of money with my Mary Kay business before I decided to leave. Mm -hmm. So again, the capacity, I tell women, you can do anything for a short period of time as long as you don't have to do it for the rest of your life. So when I did walk into Harvard to meet with uh, my director and let her know that I was quitting, you know, at that time, I put my hand up to my face and I had a half million dollar ring, which means I had made, I had ranked at the half million and above. And she said, so what are you going to do? Are you going to do a little Mary Kay? I said, yeah, I'm going to do a, a little Mary Kay. <laughs> you didn't need to know what the deal was. But I just want people to understand that because I needed the security of my income from my direct selling, I really did work it very hard. And a lot of my girlfriends could not understand. They were like, because, you know, before I could go to the movies with them and we could just, you know, drop whatever I was doing. And they like, and then they're like, Gloria, you don't go to the movies with us anymore. Like, not unless you're going to sign an agreement. I don't have time to go to movies. You know, I was just really, really clear. And those same women are still my friend. And I still send them postcards from Australia and from Rome and from Russia. I've been to all those places. And I send them postcards because I do love them, but I do want people to understand the choices that you make today are not necessarily easy choices, but they're necessary choices. Yeah. I also want to tell you why I was capable of making those decisions. In my head, in my mind, my perspective was, if I'm doing my Mary Kay, it's time away from my family. If I'm doing my family, it's time away from Mary Kay. So that, and both of those were very important to me. So I knew where to spend my time. And I knew the sacrifice was worth it at that time. And, you know, because I came from a divorce situation, I want you guys to know that I love the fact that in front of me were very successful women with very successful marriages. I just didn't have one at the time. But I knew that it was possible. But also there were women that had been divorced. And I used to say to them, you know, when I worked at IBM and I was at the top of my charts with IBM, I met people who were married and people who were divorced. When I was at Harvard Business School, I met people that were married and people that were divorced. So you come to direct selling, I met people that were married, people that were divorced. So that wasn't the deal. What was the deal was how excited and how energetic and how grateful can you be in the moment, even in the darkness? You guys, I, I want to say this to you. I did not understand why I was in domestic violence. I didn't know 
you know, you start asking the Lord, why am I in this situation? You know, I didn't, I'm not familiar with that. My father was an amazing father, you know, just amazing husband. Like what in the world? Then you guys, years later, after my responsibility was to grow other people into a level of success that they were unfamiliar with, when they would come to me with passion and tears, because tears, when you're not making the move that you thought you were going to make is a gift because that means you're ambitious. They would cry and I'd look at them and say, you cry, tears don't bother me. I, I, I don't get moved by tears. When you cry and I don't go, and I get it. I've been in domestic violence. So I know the light is coming. It may not be light right now, but I know the light is coming. So go ahead and cry and let's get through that piece so that I can go on to help you see further, see further. Yeah. Right. Oh, Gloria, this is so good. This is so good. Yeah. I think there's so much wisdom. I hope you all are listening and just really taking notes because when someone has walked through it and come out the other side and they have that track record, you know, you want to hear, okay, how is that person doing it? So I want to go back to something you said, because I think this was really impactful. When you talked about, you said, I worked hard. It was hard work. And you said there were times where friends would ask you to go do lunches or different things. And you had to say, no, I'd love for you to speak to that. Because one of the things that Becky and I talk with our clients about is the difference between the sacred and the sacrifice and recognizing what are the things that you're going to have to sacrifice in order to be successful. And then, you know, you just talked about your family, the sacred, like what are those things that are important? So I first would ask that as what is it that you look at and you say, okay, these are the things that I had to do. Here's the hard work, the nitty gritty that I had to do in order to achieve the success that I had. Right. Well, let me tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't cleaning my house. It wasn't cooking the dinners. It wasn't making sure that the toilet was done. It wasn't making sure that I had to pick up behind the one and two who became two and three who became three and four. Because I understand the value of a housekeeper. I understand the value for me. I understood the value of a living which not everybody can do, I get it. But I had a, a large degree of help that most people weren't comfortable with. And my mother said to me once, she said, Gloria, how are your kids going to learn how to clean up behind themselves if you have a housekeeper? I looked at her and said, I don't know. The Kennedys figured it out. <laughs> I have no clue how they're going to understand. But they're not going to learn how to do the baseboards from me. Like, I learned how to do the baseboards from you. They're going to learn. So, and both my children, you know, I had two, Ken had two. They're all phenomenal housekeepers. They're all phenomenal at this. But what I did know was, number one, I valued my income. Not only what I was making, but what I could make. So I knew if I did over here, I couldn't do over here. My kids needed, because of the Boston school system, they needed to go to private school. And I needed them to be highly educated. And most importantly, not highly educated for the degree of education, but highly educated for the degree of confidence, for their ability to operate when if I am not around. And so for me, I had choices. I wanted to have experiences with them. I wanted to go on vacation with them. I didn't want to always say, I couldn't afford it. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. And so it got to the point where my kids were, mom, can we have them jeans? And I would say, no, no. And they say, you can afford it. I said, I know I can afford it. <laughs> but I'm not buying it right now. <laughs> so I wanted to get to that place. I understood what was important. And you guys, let me say this to you too. The people you surround yourself with, 
Watch who are the five people you are talking to the most because people either take you up or they take you down. No one leaves you like this. No one. So you have to do that and you have to um, assess the situation every six to 12 months because just because you assess the, the situation once doesn't mean that is your situation forever. And here's the statement. I love you. Like, I really do love you. As a sister in Christ, I love you. I just can't be around you right now because they will screw up your mind telling you you're working too hard. You're too happy. Why do you love something that much? Why not? Why not love my life this much? And why not love the fact that my children will have friends all over the world? And my husband will have friends that he never knew he was going to have. But because I was in this industry, the men hang out with the men and they become fast friends. So I look up one day and Ken's getting ready to go skiing with another one of my girlfriend's husband. I'm like, where are you going? I'm going skiing with Chris. Like for real? Like didn't ask, didn't talk to me about it. We got a friendship going. My daughter comes home from school one day. I said, oh, you were holding hands with your boyfriend at the mall. How'd you know that? I know a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> I know a lot of people, you know, my son goes to college and he calls me. He's like, mom, I met this woman. I need a gift. I need a gift. I, need, I think of Valentine's Day or something. I need to get call somebody with the net direct selling network. Boom, 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 boom. He gets this billowing basket full of products that he would not have had had I not made this choice. But I also want to tell you that when I went to his graduation on my way to the graduation, of course, I did a guest event and he's like, mom, you doing a guest? Yeah, I'm doing a guest event. So he comes to the guest event and someone says, we want to hear from your son. I said, okay, Clutch, can you come up here? Talk about confidence. Takes the mic. Someone says, what was it like growing up with your mom? Because I know she had to make a lot of sacrifices to become successful. And here's what his answer was. I'll never forget it. He said, I know my mom had to make a lot of sacrifices in order to get to this position. But for the life of me, I can't remember what they are. While his college is paid off, while his sister's college is paid off, when he's 15 years old and he goes bonkers and I send him to a Christian military, all boys boarding school for his senior year in high school, because he acted crazy to the tune of $25,000 that I had not Ooh. anticipated. But because of this industry, I could put my children first, mm. even when they felt maybe they weren't first, but they were first. And they oh. That's incredible. I mean, so incredible. And I love when you said about your energy and you're like, I don't know how these kids are going to learn how to do it. But honestly, I think it's taking things to another level, right? Of expectations, because then it's like, well, you know, I do expect the home to be clean, right? I do expect these things and it's up to you to determine how to do it, right? Like they could hire a housekeeper, they could make money and do it, or they could, you know, do it themselves. Right. But it's, you set a standard right. for what not only was possible, but what was expected. And I think, I mean, so many things that you shared are just incredible. Um, and I love too, when you were talking about the people you surround yourself with, because I think too, sometimes, you know, as w I think in general women, right. We're nurturers and we want to like fix people and like help them. And, and I know just even for myself, I had to evolve in during my time in the industry to a place of like, it's okay. If someone does not grow with me, 
right. right? But I can't be stuck behind helping that person. And it's not that we don't want to, right. but I think, you know, when we recognize this, uh, I guess, opportunity and assignment and this place that path that God has put us on, yeah. he doesn't expect us to keep turning around. Right. You know, the people that are like, I'm cool. I'm just going to sit here on this park bench, you know, back right. here. And it's like, right. oh, but I don't want to leave them back there. But I right. think you have to come to a realization that, you know, it's okay. Like they maybe served on your team or, or as, you know, a place in your life, a time period will help you get through something really hard or just in general, maybe they've been your childhood best friend since you were five years old, but recognizing that the people that got you to where you are today are not always going to be the people that get you to where you want to go. And I just love that you, you shared that. And I would love to, for people to hear too, if they do feel like they're, whether it's their upline or, or like, you know, someone really negative on their team that they're like trying to help promote, like maybe it's the same, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The people are like, I'm going to promote, I'm going to get a director. I'm going to do this or whatever. And you're like, okay, what would you say to that person, that leader who is, you know, they've got these people in their life that they do love and maybe that maybe even family, right? Like maybe even someone that they're like, I can't just like cut them out of my life. But what does that look like to create a boundary where you're not, you know, severing the relationship, but you're able to continue to evolve and grow? When I tell you that is such a powerful question, because I struggle with that. When you have this type of vision and you have this type of energy, you also have a big heart for what you can do with it. I am 100% sure that God gave us gifts for us to use to positively impact other people. And if you stay small, the size of your impact stays small. So you have to understand you must grow your influence in order to increase your impact. And so I asked a girlfriend of mine, what do I do? Because I don't want to cut people off. I don't want to sever my relationship. I don't want them to feel bad because I made a choice. She said, you don't make a choice, Gloria. You run hard. They hang on. And if they want to let go, you let them go. But you just keep running hard at the pace you're meant to run. Don't slow your pace down because your success will always make other people uncomfortable. But you run hard. You embrace everybody and they let go when it's their time to let go. I don't have to select them that way. I just have to decide which curve I'm going to go around to get me where I want to go. You know, I just want to say this, my masterclass, my free masterclass that I'm running tomorrow on Saturday, um, on Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is talking to these kinds of things. And that is such an important question because I'm going to be talking about increase, increase your team, increase your income and increase your strategy. Because once you understand and understand the strategy, then it becomes duplicatable. And that's what you guys are teaching here is to get an understanding so that they can implement it over and over and over again. But your question is so important because sometimes we think playing small is comfortable, but it is not comfortable. And there's no comfort in the comfort zone. Ask yourself, every time you say I'm in my comfort zone, you are realizing that you're uncomfortable. It's like people who say, I I like to be in the background. Do you really like to be in the background? Maybe you do like to be in the background, but in that background, there are gifts that you're supposed to play. It doesn't mean that you're supposed to be dormant because you've decided that's where your comfort is. When you grow, 
it is uncomfortable and it is exciting. It's not just uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable and it's exciting when you choose to grow. Yeah. And when you surround yourself with the people who are growing, you know, Ed Milet talks about the temperature rising. Like if you, you know, if you're, if you're running at a higher temperature, the people who come around you, if they spend enough time with you, they're going to start raising their temperature. And Gloria, I just have to say, even just in this conversation, I'm like, our temperature has been raised. You have, you have called us higher. I'm like, when do I need to be getting someone to clean my baseboards and my cooking and, and all of that? So, um, I would love to hear, what do you feel like sets you apart? Okay. There's a couple things I think, no, there's a couple things I know. Number one, it took me a minute. It did. It took me a minute, but I decided to embrace my energy, embrace my charisma. As I grew it, I grew my energy. I grew my charisma. I grew my confidence. I understand. I understand that it takes courage to go confident. And when you have the confidence, you change your choices. So I didn't run from my uncomfortable situations. I ran to my uncomfortable situations. How do you meet people? How do you introduce yourself? How do you overcome rejection? How do you deal with the nose? Nose still hurt. I was very successful. And people were still telling me no. I looked at them like, do you like telling me no? You know, <laughs> you still get the nose, but you have to understand how to do that. That's one thing. So embracing my gifts, meaning I have certain gifts and I also am missing certain gifts. So I'm not going to get it all. Number two, what made me very successful is that I understood the rule of attracting the right people to me, not everybody. Meaning I would offer to everybody. I would grow with everybody. I put the playground in front of everybody And those that were going to stay with me or should stay with me will blossom up out of that. I know you can't choose because if you saw me before I came into Mary Kay in a domestic violence situation with a one-year-old and a two-year-old at the grocery store at 10, 1030 at night with two children that should have been in the bed, but this is the only time that I could do it, you would have judged me or thought I was not capable of that. So you can't decide who's going to be great. Number three, I understand the strategy. I understand that I'm an entrepreneur. I am not an employee. I'm an employee. I'm an entrepreneur. I don't do Mary Kay. I built a business with Mary Kay. And when you understand that you're an, an entrepreneur and you're in charge, you make different choices. Even when your business is small and you talked about your upline and your, you guys, it doesn't mean that you're going to get along with everybody. It doesn't mean that you're going to agree with everybody. You've been given a decision-making ability for a reason. So my whole thing was, I just want to have the freedom to tell you what I need to tell you. And I want you to have the freedom to tell me if you agree or not. We don't have to agree on everything, but we need to have the freedom to have the conversation. There's many mentors in this business. I don't have to be your primary mentor because I'm your upline. I just need to be one person who is free to show you the example that I set for myself. If you find someone else who has a better description of what you should do, then please listen to that person. You're a grown adult. I'm not going to tell you what events to go to or who to listen to. 
you are grown. I'm not going to tell you who to marry, who not to marry. I'm not going to tell you what time to eat or what not to eat. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to tell you what I did and what worked for me. And I'm not quite sure how many times I need to be number one to let you know I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I used to stand on stage. My boldness is very clear. And I said, you too can be number two. <laughs> be number one. Okay. I'm going to be number one, period. <laughs> but you're welcome to be number two. And I'm powerful at helping you get there because I'm angry. I'm angry because 92% of women working make less than $100,000 a year. And I, they just do not understand the value of getting there. And they don't understand there is a method to get there. They just don't know the method. But do they have the capacity? Yes. Do they have the intelligence? Yes. Do they have the time? Absolutely. Do they know how to use the time? Maybe not. Do they know how to use their gifts? Maybe not. But I promise you, this industry will bring it out. Mm. Oh, so, so good. Oh, my word. I could literally listen to you all day. Um, <laughs> just like, oh, my God. I literally have like three pages of notes. Oh, thank you. Um, just so many mic drop moments. And I just am so grateful for your time with us. And I would, I, I love too when you said, when you have confidence, it changes your circumstances. And yeah. I just think that is so powerful because I think at the end of the day, the majority of women, not everyone, but the majority of women, you know, see this avenue, direct sales, as a way to change their circumstances. Right. But like you said, there's just a lack of confidence, a lack of, you know, what, how do I show up? What do I do? You know, and I just, I, I love your energy. I love your story. I love just everything about our time with you. And, you know, before we were, uh, we hit record, we were sharing with you, you know, our, um, our brand and like audience and the, the woman of the kingdom minded mompreneur. And so we always like to ask our expert guest, what is their definition of the kingdom minded mompreneur? I honestly believe that the kingdom minded mompreneur understands that when she becomes her best self, she's therefore the best for her family and her community. I think that so many times we've heard this where we get into a situation where we put everything in front of us and we're the last, the last to get a massage, the last to spend time, the last to get good sleep, the last to eat right. Um, but the bottom line is, and I wanna tell you guys, this did not come from direct selling. This came from my father. He said, Gloria, look at yourself in the mirror before you leave out this house and make sure you're bringing your best self forward. So if women, you can ask any woman who's gotten to the top. And that's why I love what Monique and Becky are doing here because they've been there and they know they had to select themselves first. And it's not talked about enough that when you select yourself first, then you are better for your kids. You are better for the community. You bring your best to the family. When you are a frustrated person who knows they're meant for more, but you don't go and get more, that same frustration follows you to your bedroom. It follows you to the kitchen. It follows you to your parents' house. It makes you 
not a great sister, not a great girlfriend. You will find yourself complaining when you have nothing to complain about. And you don't figure it out until you see someone who is way worse than you. But why do we choose to stay in the conversation of complaining when we can't do anything about it? It's whining unless the person you're talking to can do something about the situation. You guys, there's so much good stuff in this. And I, I was asked to go teach in Poland this coming September. And last September, I taught in Kazakhstan. I was going to call the company and say, do we have anybody in the Caribbean that needs to be taught? Like, for real? Do I have to keep going to the coldest places on earth to teach? But, but to be able to teach Kazakhstan and the Ukraine, which I came home and taught, and then to teach Poland, those opportunities only happen because I decided to dig deep into my kingdom-minded mom 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 Mom, we saw it's a mouthful. When you're dyslexic, you only know how to say and spell words that you've memorized. I can't phonetically figure it out, but that's a whole nother talk show. But <laughs> I will tell you for sure, it is worth it. Yeah. And that's what I see from the kingdom minded like mom, mom. Thank you, Gloria. Oh, I would love for, we would love for you to share with our audience where they can find you. We're going to put all of this in the show notes, but if okay. you want to share with them how they can connect with you, you also mentioned that you were going to be having a masterclass yes. on Saturday. If you want to yes. share a little bit about that as well. That would be great. You guys find me definitely because I love girlfriends. I love girlfriends. I love the girl, the people that are listening. I love your clients. I love your customers. I love your team members because I love having girlfriends and they can find me on GloriaMayfieldBanks.com. If you go to GloriaMayfieldBanks.com, there's a, 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 what do you call it? Thing there that points them to the masterclass that I'm having on Saturday. But also I love it when you join me on Instagram at Gloria Banks. I love it when you follow me at Gloria Mayfield Banks on Facebook. I love it when you find me on TikTok. Oh my word. We don't have time to talk about social media, but if I were to talk to you guys about it, Trust me, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. I'm Maybe we'll have LinkedIn. you back. I was going to say, I think that's another conversation we'll have to have. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have you back. Talk about social media. We have you... to have that conversation because people yeah. are looking for you. And I want to say, Monique, you asked me what made me different. And I want to say this to the women that are listening. You have to know people are looking for you. You have to know that. They're looking for you. They're not looking for me. They're looking for you. So if you know they're looking for you, they may not know it. And the person who says no today might say yes in six months or three years. So don't take any ask for granted. Every ask is important. Not every yes or every no, but every ask is important. I hope you guys find me. I hope you leave me great messages. I will see them. I will love it. And I would like to get to know you as well. Saturday, my masterclass. It is going to be fire, fire, I'll tell you. And I'm so glad you're joining me. I love it. Thank you again for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Kingdom Minded Mompreneur. If you loved what you heard today, could you stop and give us a five-star rating and review? It helps our visibility on podcasting platforms so others like you can hear more of this message. 
Also, if this episode encouraged you, we would love for you to pass it along to your own biz bestie and anyone else who could benefit. Lastly, don't forget that if you want to hang out with us just a little bit more, join us inside the Kingdom-Minded Mompreneur community. Click the link in the show notes. Bye for now.